Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The following podcast is going to contain spoilers, along with a robot fighting Nazis back in World War II. Consider yourself warned. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. That would make me Steven, and I'm your host, the host with the most. I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore, because I could. I could throw all kinds of rhymes down there. And make you guys dance and sing and maybe, I don't know, do a little twirl, possibly. I don't know if I have that much power. Anyway, that's not why I'm here. That's not my purpose. My purpose is not to make you dance. My purpose is to make you stop what you're doing, maybe collaborate just a bit, and then listen. Because I'm going to talk about a comic, a comic I love, and it's called Atomic Robo. This is volume two. It's called Atomic Robo and the Dogs of War. It was written by Brian Clevenger with art by Scott Wegner, colors by Rhonda Patterson, letters by Jeff Powell and Lee Black. Well, he threw some edits down there. He went in there with his red pen and he edited the crap out of this book. So this takes place in World War II. And if you remember when I talked about volume one of Atomic Robo, he's a guy who is a robot. He, he is a robot, Atomic Robo. You should catch that by the name. He was created by Nikola Tesla. He's one of a kind. There ain't nobody else out there like him. And in the first volume, most of it was set in the present day. During the present time frame in the history of our world, he is a member of a group called the Fighting Scientists of Tesladyne. They're like action scientists. They go out and they fight monsters and other types of things like giant ants. They fought some giant ants and a, uh, a mobile pyramid. One of the pyramids out there in the desert just got up and started moving around. They had to go check that out. But this one all takes place in World War II. One of the stories in the first volume had the president back before America got into the war, the president approached Atomic Robo and they wanted him to, to go out on this mission to, to stop this guy named Helsingard who was helping Hitler create weapons. And Robo wasn't really into it. He didn't really want to do any of that. He didn't want to, you know, get all messed up inside this big war machine. And they offered to grant him U.S. citizenship if he would help. And so he did. And then this book is just his continuing adventures in World War II because we find out that Hitler has a special weapons division. He has all these scientists that, you know, some of the greatest minds in Germany that he's gathered together and they're all working on various projects and creating like science fiction type weapons to help win the war. What we learn as we read the book, though, is that 
the Nazis don't have a lot of money, or at least they're not spreading the money around like they should, and that Hitler is spending much of his resources on stuff that maybe he shouldn't be spending his resources on. A couple of these Nazi scientists are talking at one point in the book, and they're just like anybody. You get two people together that work for the same employer, they're going to start complaining about their employer, right? And so they're complaining about Hitler, and one of their biggest gripes is that if Hitler would just put all his time and resources into one of these projects, he could have won the war by now. But instead, he's spreading it all around, and there's all these different people coming up with these different things, and it's not all really coming together. Well, as the book opens up, the Allies are invading Italy. Hitler and the Nazi war machine has a foothold in Italy, and the Allies are coming in to, to, to kick him out of that boot. But before they do, they drop Atomic Robo back behind enemy lines because there is this special weapon that has been designed that they refer to as a Luftpanzer, which if I know my German, which I don't, but just based on 21 Luft balloons, I have to assume that the Luft means red. Anyway, they're like, they're basically mechs, these big mech suits, like a walking tank. There's about a dozen of them. And they're supposed to be there in Italy. And Robo needs to go and take them out before they can deploy them to the front line. Because if they can get these Panzers to the front line, the Allied invasion force is pretty much done for. So the, the first issue is just so good. It's just wall-to-wall action as... Atomic Robo is just making his way through this Italian village that is occupied by Nazi soldiers, and he's fairly unstoppable. I mean, he's a robot. He's bulletproof, and it doesn't take—well, it takes a lot to stop him, and— He's at one point, he rips the door, the, uh, a door off of a truck and he's using it as a shield and the Nazis are shooting at him and he's jumping through windows and throwing cars and blowing people up. And it is just super balls to the wall action nonstop. And it is so fun. And he's cracking wise the whole time. But in the end, he ends up basically doing what he needs to do. They, they, the invasion of Italy goes well. He doesn't, I don't think he takes out all of the the mechs, but he takes out most of them. And then we go from there to the next story. So it's it's kind of like a, a series of stories that all kind of connect together to a certain extent. Because then we have Robo jumping onto a, a Nazi train. So it's a train somewhere and there's zooming across the tracks and it's full of Nazis. And there are these scientists within the train. And one of them is this guy named Scorzeni. And he's the dude that created the Panzers. He was in the first couple of issues. The first two issues deal with this uh, robo trying to get these mechs that were created by this guy, Otto Scorzeni. And I, I got to tell you, just, just back to those first two issues. Again, it is just, they do such a great job of just pouring the action in there, but not making it... Not making it so it only takes like a minute to get through an issue because there's just so many action panels. But it's, it, is, it is really, really good. It's really, really fun. And so by issue three, they're in the independent state of Croatia. And again, there's a Nazi train. It's going through the mountains and whatnot. And Robo has sneaked aboard the train somehow. He's inside a crate. So there's these two Nazi soldiers standing outside this crate, and they're talking about this girl, this waitress back in this village, and one of them says when the war's over, he's going to go back and marry her. And the other one's like, you don't even remember her name. And, oh, that's okay. I'm going to go find her and marry her. Do you remember what village it was even called that she was in? 
And the guy's like, well, of course. Well, I mean, not exactly. It was Villa something something. And the other guy says, they're all Villa something or something. And that's when Atomic Robo smashes out of the crate and starts beating him up. In the meantime, there's a uh, like a dining car on the train. And there's these two Nazi scientists talking to each other. And one of them is Skorzeny. And the other is a woman. And we learn that Robo is not the only one interested in this train. There is a British operative, I, I believe they call her Sparrow, who also is getting onto this train. She's, she jumps onto the train from a, from a nearby cliff or a tree or something like that. And she's there for the woman, and he's there for Skorzeny. The woman, her name is Venatus, and she has created what she refers to as brutes, which are basically monstrous Nazi soldiers. Think Frankenstein. Just these very overly large, two times the size of a, of a regular soldier, brainless, very brutish. It takes a lot to take one out. And of course, if she had all the resources given to her, she could create an army of these things. The Nazis would win the war. On the flip side, on the other side of the table is Skorzeny, who's created these Luftpanzers. And if Hitler had pooled all his resources and thrown them at this guy, he could have mass produced these walking tanks and the Nazis would have won the war. But that's not what happens. And so over issues three and four, Robo and this, this woman, the Sparrow, they're trying to each take out one of the two scientists. They end up working together. And it's a very fun, again, a lot of action, a lot of energy, and a lot of humor. It's such a good book. And really, at one point, all they manage to do is cause these two Nazi scientists, Skorzeny and Venatus, to, they, they chase them off the train. There's like a rocket plane at the back of the train, and these two, the two Nazis get on it, and they fly away, and Robo and, and the Sparrow track them down to this castle where the brutes are being created. And in the end, all they, the, the, the two scientists get away, but they have to blow up the castle behind them. So Robo and the Sparrow win, which would be a great name for a, for a book, wouldn't it? Robo and the Sparrow. But they don't capture these two scientists. The last issue is just, it's so funny. The Allies get this intelligence information that Skorzeny has created this special gun. It works on, well, I don't know how I can explain it. Basically, it's a super gun. And there's a number of these super guns, these cannons, and they're across the English Channel. They're across from Britain, across the English Channel. And they're set up so that they can basically start firing rounds into Britain and ultimately win the war this way by they can basically destroy Britain this way. And so they send Robo in to try to stop it, you know, to try to take it out. And he and a crew of men sneak in under the cover of night on a boat, but the boat is attacked and blown up and Robo is caught by these Nazis and he's shot with a, uh, uh, an electric gun, which short circuits him and knocks him out. And when he wakes up, he's in the middle of a machine. Come to find out this intelligence that the Allies got about this super gun was all fabricated. It was all designed to get Robo there because what this guy Skorzeny has actually made is a weather gun. And there's a really good exchange here between Robo and Skorzeny. As Robo's waking up, Skorzeny says, are you in there, Atomic Robo? I hope so. I want you to know what you've done for us. I want you to know you're the beating heart 
of our weather cannon. And Robo says, you mean your electric cannon? Scorzeni says, no, it's a weather cannon. And Robo says, a weather cannon? Scorzeni says, trust me. And Robo says, really? That's what you're going with? And Scorzeni says, you're awfully flippant for someone who walked into yet another trap. And Robo says, and you're awfully confident for someone who just seriously used the phrase weather cannon. And come to find out, Scorzeni created this weather cannon to, to, to mess with the weather. And it can, it has the potential of being powerful enough that he can destroy Europe with the hurricane and thus win the war. But they, ha- they don't have any kind of power source available to power this cannon. The cannon's so powerful, they need a very powerful power source. But there's the only thing on Earth that could possibly power this cannon is Atomic Robo. And so they use this ploy to get Robo. They hook him up to the machine, and they're getting ready to create a giant hurricane to destroy Europe. But one guy survived... You know, I said they were all on a boat. The boat was blown up and, and, and all kinds of chaos happened. Well, one guy survived and he's a Scottish soldier. And there is just so much. They do so, <laughs> they do so good with this guy's accent. It's really hard. It is really hard to read and understand what this guy is saying because they're spelling out phonetically how this guy would say stuff using his, his, his thick Scottish accent. And I, I don't even know if I want to try to read some of what this guy says. Yeah, I'm not even going to try. But he's basically, this guy is such a BA. He's like a one-man army. And he infiltrates this 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 base, and he he kills all these Nazis, and he gets Robo free. But when they 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 get him out of this machine, because all you can see for, of Robo is like from his chest up. The rest of him is inside this machine. So when they open it up, he has no legs. And so he's really upset about that. Where are my legs? And so this Scottish guy has to drag him through this hideout with no legs and they're fighting Nazis and this the the Scotsman is just saying stuff in his in his thick Scottish accent and freaking Robo can't understand a word he's saying. And then they find Scorzeni and he's trying to get onto this helicopter and there's a crate with him and he's trying to take this crate back to Germany. And we find out that Robo's legs are in the crate. He was hoping to get that back to Germany so they could use the legs to create their own version of Atomic Robo. And Robo and uh, the, the Scotsman. And there, there's a really funny part when, um, let me see if I can find it real quick here. Robo asks him at the end of the story, what's your name, soldier? My name's James Milligan, but you Yanks call me Scotty. That's terrible. I'm, I apologize. And Robo says, real imaginative. I bloody Yanks. So we'll just call him Scotty because that's what the Americans call him. But they get on this. It's like this little one-man helicopter that has a storage compartment. And that's where they put the legs. And score, the, the, the pilot is trying to take off. And Scotty jumps aboard the helicopter and kicks the, the pilot out. And Robo's hanging from the, the struts with no legs. And then suddenly Scorzeni is there and he grabs onto Robo as they're flying away. And he tells Robo, this helicopter can't handle all this weight. You're, we're going to go down. And Robo says, yeah, and I'll survive. Your plan is stupid. And Scorzeni says, nah. And he sticks a bomb to the helicopter 
and Robo reaches out. It's like a sticky bomb. And so Robo's reaching out. He's trying to grab the bomb. He grabs a hold of it. And the only way he can get it off the helicopter is to just, just hold on to it and put all his weight on it and let go of the helicopter. And so he pulls it free. But of course, he falls with it. They fall into the English Channel. It blows up. Scotty had left a backpack full of explosives back at this castle. It blows up. They win the day. Scotty crashes the helicopter onto a uh, onto a beach and then eventually Robo comes climbing out of the water after having dragged his legless body across the seabed for however long it took him 10 hours it took him and that's it ends with Scotty is laying there with the with the campfire and he's got Robo's legs next to him and that's when Robo asks him what his name is he says James Milligan but the Yanks call him Scotty Robo says, real imaginative. And Scotty says, I, bloody Yanks. And that's the end of that story. Now, they added some stuff in the back. There's these short stories in the back, and there's one particular one I want to talk about. It's set in 1974 in Madrid, Spain. Robo is there. He's sitting at one of those little tables at one of those outside cafes. And across from this little table is an old man who is who is kind of, he's got a scar on his face. And we learn that this old man is... Otto Skorzeny. And he's there to, he, he gives Robo the electric gun. It's like a pistol. It's an electricity gun that he had used previously back in the war to take out Robo. He confesses to him that he is the man that killed Nikola Tesla. And he tells Robo, you, you, you know, how do you think we got all the, how do you think we created this elect, electric gun? First of all, how do you think we were able to create all that other crazy stuff we created? It's because I went and I killed Nikola Tesla and I stole all of his plans and we were able to create all this stuff. And the only reason I was able to kill the old man is because you left him there alone. You wanted to go out and fight in your little war and you left Nikola Tesla all alone and I came in and I killed him and Robo's getting really angry. And at one point, Robo grabs the gun to, to shoot Skorzeny down and then he stops himself because he realizes Skorzeny's got cancer. And he's trying to push Robo into killing him because he doesn't want to die naturally through, you know, he doesn't want the cancer to kill him because it's going to be months or years of just his body eating itself and it's going to be a horrible death. So he was trying to anger Robo enough to kill him. And basically Robo punishes him the way he thinks the best way to punish him is to leave him alone, leave him alive and let the cancer kill him. It was a pretty good, it's only like three or four pages, but it was really good. It was a really good, deep, deep, deep story. But this is the book that I came in on when it, when I started reading Atomic Robo, it was the dogs of war. So I think I mentioned when we talked about volume one, Atomic Robo, at least as far as I read it, were just different miniseries. The first one was just called Atomic Robo, and the second one was called Atomic Robo and the Dogs of War. So that's when I first came in. I, I found, I you know, I was looking through the new comics one week, and there was this issue number one of Atomic Robo and the Dogs of War, and I picked it up and just fell in love right away. Again, it's, it's just action-packed. It's just wall-to-wall action, some small, intimate moments, a little bit of drama, and a lot of humor. It is... It's a really, really fun book. It's one of those books that if you enjoy stuff like Hellboy, but maybe you don't want something that is as, that, because Hellboy can be a little heavy. 
it can be it can be quite dark and a bit heavy. If you're just wanting something in that vein, uh, something like Raiders of the Lost Ark, but just a lot of just really a lot of fun. Think of all the fun moments from Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's Atomic Robo. And again, I'm getting these books through Comixology Unlimited. If if you are a member of Comixology Unlimited, you can read these books right along with me. I'm sure they they if I'm sure they have them through Hoopla. If you go that route, if you don't want to spend money on these, otherwise they're not that expensive. The digital versions are not that expensive. You can actually also read them on the Atomic Robo website if you want to. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So I I encourage you all to read along with me. We're going to go on to volume three and probably talk about that sometime in November. But this is one of these books that is very near and dear to my heart. One of these that I didn't discover until the tail end of one of my reading cycles. I would I would get into comics and I'd stop reading. Then I'd get into comics and I'd stop reading. The second time that that happened, as I was ending that cycle because I was didn't have any money, that's when I discovered Atomic Robo. And I only got so far into it. I didn't get very far into it before I had to stop reading comics altogether. So I'm really, I'm really happy I get this opportunity to start from the beginning and read them all the way through. And there's there's a good number of volumes out there. There's a lot of Atomic Robo that's ready to be read. And I'm going to freaking read it. And I hope you guys are reading right along with me. So, And if you are, let me know. Send me an email, feedback at stevenorelse.com. Find me on Twitter. Find me on Facebook. Find me on Instagram. I'm all over the place, yo. The links... I have a, I added new buttons to the website, justanotherfanboy.com, right up top. I got a button for each, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It'll take you right to me. You don't even have to go out and search. Tap, boom, you found me. If you feel like throwing a little support my way, you can check me out over at my Patreon at patreon.com slash Stephen R. Or link will be in the show notes. For as little as a dollar a month, you will have instant access to my other podcast, which is called my other podcast. And it's a, it's just a place where I read a lot of stuff and I watch a lot of stuff and I don't have time to talk about everything here on just another fanboy. So I do some of that over at my other podcast. I also do a monthly deal where I take a bit of what the patrons are paying each month and I go out and I look and I see what books, for example, this month, I'm going to go out and look and see what books are coming out in November, specifically looking for number one issues. And I'll pick a couple of them and I'll put them over on the Patreon and I'll have a poll and I'll say, you pick the one I'm going to read. And then I'll go out and I'll buy it and I'll read it and I'll talk about it on the show. And then you as a patron, you can buy it as well and you can hear my discussion and then we can talk about it in the comments of the Patreon or over on the Facebook site. Because one of the other things you get over there is a exclusive access to a private Facebook group. So come join the Just Another Fan Club, patreon.com slash Stephen R. Or. That's it, folks. Spread the word, Thunderbird. Tell as many people as you can. Get some people to come join in on the fun. That's really all I can I can truly ask you to do. If you really want to help me and you don't have the money to do it, spread the word. But until then, I'm going to wrap this show up. My name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Wear a mask. Vote. Do all that stuff. But most of all, stay safe.
Bye bye, Daddy. Good job. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 